Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. And welcome back, NASCAR fans. Welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> How you doing? How was your weekend? My weekend was most excellent. It went by so fast. I will say that I didn't do much except watch some NASCAR. How was your weekend, Renee? Oh, it was filled with traveling and dancing. Went to San Diego. My nephew, very proud of him, graduated from boot camp in the Marine Corps. So got to see some family, spent a couple of days in San Diego with family, and then Sunday went to a music festival. And you know how that is. I just danced my butt off all day. So uh, <laughs> today, a little, my, my legs are a little squishy, but, uh, you know, they're going to be fine. Going to be fine. Okay, for our listeners, you guys know we're in California. If you have never been to California, Los Angeles is great, but San Diego is an awesome place. It is actually beautiful in San Diego. So I can only imagine how your weekend went, Renee. Yeah, yeah, it it really is gorgeous out there. I've never been to the Garden of Eden, but I'm pretty sure San Diego is close to it. It's amazing. Okay, well, let's get into some NASCAR talk. Well, let's get into it. Martin Truex is your winner, ladies and gentlemen, at Darlington uh, for all the throwback cars and stuff like that. But I did not see Martin Truex coming. Uh, that came out of nowhere. I didn't even see that. I didn't see it either. In fact, we didn't even have him on our radar for last week. We didn't have Kevin Harvick on our radar either, who actually was there, but no cigar. I, I really thought at one point Kevin was going to win this race. But hey, I thought Chase was going to win. He was my pick. And sure enough, he was there. I mean, I think this young guy needs to do better on the restarts and something was happening with his pit stops. It seemed like every time he went in the pit, he lost a couple of spots. But, you know, nonetheless, Truex, he came through. He, he showed Chase and Kevin how to do it for that. <laughs> yeah, he came on strong right at the end, and I thought that that was fantastic. You know, I really honestly didn't figure he'd finish in the top 10, maybe top 5, but man, he, to win the race, wow. By all means, I'm happy for the guy. And this is Truex's first multiple win season ever in his career. And my hat's off to him and his team for a great job and winning that race. So congratulations to Truex all the way around. Uh, what a great race he did. If you don't know, Martin won the Coca-Cola 600. Well, I'm, I'm sure you guys know you're NASCAR fans. How could you not know? He right. won the Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte earlier, which was an emotional win for him. And then, of course, now he just won the Bojangles 500 at Darlington. What's really crazy is... Let's not forget this guy almost won the Daytona 500 at the beginning yeah. of the year. He was edged Den out by... Denny Hamlin. Yeah, like by inches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk about inches. Boy, man, that was probably one of the better races that I've ever seen uh, in a season in, in a long time. So uh, I believe it was the first couple of uh, races at the beginning of the year that we had close races like that. Yeah, it was. What other observations did you take away from Darlington? And we'll talk about paint schemes, but let's, what, what else did you see that you felt is worth mentioning? Nothing that comes to mind. I mean, I thought the race was, I mean, it was good. I enjoyed it. The only thing was is that other than the paint schemes, the one thing I do like is, I don't, and I don't know why, maybe some people won't agree with me on this, but I actually enjoy night races. I actually really enjoy them. I don't know what it is, maybe just the lighting, the, the cars, and then the fact that it was throwback schemes. 
themes. It was just, I don't know, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that one, Renee. I love night races as well. It just kind of breaks up the monotony a little bit. It's always a day race, a day race, a day race, and then all of a sudden it's a night race. You're like, hey, this is actually kind of cool. Well, not only was it a night race, it was one of the first races that we've had in a long time that we didn't have rain and no delays and no reschedules. Oh, man. And it kind of helps it out. Although it was a long race, though, right? Yes, it was a long race. I mean, we have other 500 races, but I just kind of felt that as if this race, I think I tweeted. I was like, oh, my God, it's it's the longest race on history. And we had yeah. like 10 cautions. I know it was at least nine, maybe 10, maybe 11. Holy so. I lost man, count, it... but I it wasn't. But the cautions weren't that long. It, they weren't cautions that kept us out for a long time. I thought I read somewhere that it was almost four hours. Yeah. I don't know the uh, exact timing on that, but I'm pretty sure that cause I'm like, man, that that's a long race. I was like, whew. In any case, paint schemes, which one was your favorite? Okay. Yes, I am a female, but I like the Hooters paint scheme. I mean, I like the tie really? ride, but I like the Hooters paint scheme. <laughs> <laughs> it gave me that nostalgic throwback. I mean, I don't know. When was Hooters invented? I don't know. That was actually a dumb question yeah, because it could be I, taken to the left. But you guys know what I mean. Get your mind right. out the gutter. <laughs> exactly. I I don't know, but uh, it it did look kind of cool seeing that Hooters thing on the. I thought it gave it a, a nice look. You know, I'm kind of like with a lot of people here. I really like Tony Stewart's car, that old Coca Cola. Well, he got the fan vote for best paint scheme. I will tell you what I thought was really cool was his entire pit crew came out with these retro Coca-Cola pans that looked more like golf pans, but it yeah. was awesome. That you was know? cool that they all got into the style of it, too. That was awesome. I love Tony's paint scheme, but again, I like the Hooters car, and I actually like the Tide Ride as well because the Tide Ride gave me that old throwback to Daryl Waltrip days. And not that he was the only person who drove the Tide Ride, but it just kind of gave me that Oh, dang, that's that's DW. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of pit crews, Harvick was none too pleased with his pit crew at all after that race. You know, this is a reoccurring theme. I don't agree with how Kevin is taking out his frustrations with his team in the media. I think at some point, yes, it's a reoccurring issue, but is that the best way to handle it? I don't think so, because you're berating people who work for you and yeah. taking it a, a step further, you're berating people who your life is in their hands. So you may yeah, want to true. think about that. That's a good point, And I didn't even think about that. But I do agree that he should have maybe got the guys together and said, hey, look, you know, what's what's the problem? What's going on here? Let's get the whole pit crew team in here, shut the door and let's let's hash this out, you know, kind of like how they do in other sports, you know, where they have a closed team and they do it behind closed doors. I figured that that's the way he would have done it when he just came out and just was like, hey, look, I'm tired of cheerleading this team. And then he just really nails them in the media. I was like, oh, wow. OK, I guess that's how they do it. But it's not his first time. And that's where my issue is with it. I'm telling you as someone who I'm, you know, self-employed, but I have worked at companies and corporations. I've worked at some of the best corporations, to be honest. However, I don't like that. First of all, don't talk to me like that. Yes, you're the boss, but we need to keep it professional. If you have a problem with me, you come talk to me and you pull me to the side. All the playing it out in the media, that 
breeds disgruntled employees. Now, granted, he's the boss. He can't fire them. You have a job. You're a pit crew job. Your job is to make sure that your driver is on point. There's just a level of respect. I don't care if you the big boss or you the president or the CEO of the company. You need to respect people. And I felt that the way it was played out was just a little bit disrespectful. Yeah, and you know what? You're right. As somebody who's in charge of uh, putting your car together to get back on that track, not sure if I want to go and make them look bad like that. But in any case, the problem seems to be uh, ongoing, and uh, that's something that uh, Harvick and his team hopefully will fix. Now, there, there's no guarantee he would have still won that race, but I'm pretty sure just the way he was racing, it looked like he could have won that race. Who's to really say that he could have won the race? And then who's to say some of it wasn't his fault? Yeah. Here's the thing, like you're behind the wheel. Things happen on pit roll, but you got back out there. Looking at the NASCAR Reddit board today and yesterday, there was a lot of people weighing in on this particular subject as to was it the pit crew's fault? If it was Kevin's fault, Kevin has a history of talking smack. He did it in the Xfinity League, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and one thing someone reminded me of, let's not forget, this is actually Tony's old crew. Because remember last year, or was it year before last, when Tony was out and they switched pit crew? That's right. Hit us up on Twitter at Turns No Breaks. Again, Turns No Breaks and let us know what you think. Was it Kevin's fault or was it the pit crew's fault? Or regardless who fault it is, should Kevin be talking smack? In fact, I'm I'm going to post a poll about that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's round out the top five here that finished the race. Obviously, Truex winning, Kevin Harvick two, Kyle Larson three. Denny Hamlin, four, and Joey Logano rounds out the top five. I'll be honest with you, the top ten is what's really got me. There is a gentleman by the name of Casey Kane who finished seventh, and Ryan Newman finishes eighth. Now, the fact that Casey Kane is in the top ten is just amazing to me right now. (laughs) I was like, Casey Kane, boy. It's like that out-of-sight, out-of-mind thing, you know? I mean, (laughs) I'm glad that he's there. It's just, wow, that that also came out of nowhere. You know, Casey Kane's seventh. Well, I think at this point it's safe to say Casey Kane is racing for his job. He's racing for a new contract with Hendrick because at the rate he's going and the rate that Hendrick Motorsports is going, Casey Kane is on the hot seat, don't you think? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, and I don't know where his mental state is right now, but I would imagine that you're right. He's probably trying to do his best to finish strong because of exactly what you just said. So that's a good point. Well, let's talk a little bit about post-race inspection. You guys listen to this show. You know how I feel about inspections. It's almost like, just imagine me as Alan Iverson. Instead of saying the word practice, inspections? We're talking yeah. about inspections? Well, since we are talking about it, looks like Ryan Newman and Kyle Larson failed post-race inspection. Why this is big is because Ryan Newman is on the bubble. He's on the chase bubble. Yeah, and I think if anything, this is the last thing he needed. It's probably the last thing he wanted, I'm sure. But, you know, he still has... I think Newman could still possibly make this chase. I got a feeling he's going to make it. With this post-race inspection failure, I think he's somehow he's, he's going to find his way in there. Well, if I'm not mistaken, this is Kyle Larson's second or third time failing post-race inspection. You would think at some point NASCAR 
will change the penalty because if this is a reoccurring issue, you got to do something. But as you guys know, NASCAR kind of makes up the rules as they go. So it should be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, you know, Kyle Larson, regardless of the fact whether he failed car inspection or not, I thought it was pretty impressive that he finished third place coming off of that that awesome win last week. So I don't particularly care for these post-race inspections either. Uh, Just like, I mean, I don't know. I don't get it. I guess you're right. They they make up their own rules of how they want to do things. Whatever the penalties are, Kyle's still in, so there's there's no harm there. It's Ryan Newman is the one that needs to be a, a little nervous. Yeah. Well, Renee, since we brought up our guy, part of our Fantastic Four, one of the four, Kyle Larson, and since we're talking about the chase, let's kind of go over where our other guys are. Our Fantastic Four, and you guys know our Fantastic Four consists of Austin Dillon, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, and Ryan Blaney, and we throw in Chris Buescher because although he's not a part of our Fantastic Four and we're not going to change it to the Fantastic Five, this young guy won the race. So we always have to throw his name in. Yeah, so, and, he, and he still could possibly make the chase. Well, as of today, Chris Buescher is in the chase. But let's focus and talk about those who are on the cut line. So we know Kyle Larson is in and Renee just mentioned that Chris Buescher is in as of today because he's in the top 30 of points. But that can change next week. I got Austin Dillon is sitting in the 15th spot based on points and Chase Elliott is sitting in the 14th spot based on points as well. However, I got Ryan Blaney. Poor Ryan. I doubt very seriously if he makes the chase because as of today, Ryan is in Ryan 19th is like place. 19th. Yeah, that guy is going to need anything but short of a miracle to make the chase. And that, obviously that's not going to happen. I think Casey Kane will make the chase before Ryan Blaney does. <laughs> it's not to say that Ryan Blaney hasn't been racing very well. He just hasn't been racing to the standard of getting himself positioned to make the chase. From the outside looking in, the Fantastic Four that we have, I'll be honest with you, and I know uh, we went through this whole debate uh, throughout the whole year, but I'm very happy for Kyle Larson, and I think him coming in third in this race, as opposed to winning the race last week, is just still highly impressive, and uh, very proud of that young man. So now let's go over to Dell Jr. Let's get some updates on Dell Jr., and here's the latest. He is not going to return for the rest of the year. He is done for this season. Now it's just all of a question is, wow, is he done for good? Or is he just done for the season? This is an ongoing thing that's been happening. I really hope that it's not retirement in his future. I really don't want to see this guy quit. Or not quit. I just don't want to see him retire and leave the sport. He's everything to NASCAR. And I love seeing Dale Jr. behind the wheel of a car on that racetrack. Well, Renee, I don't want him to be done. But I have a feeling he is done. I mean, I knew that he wasn't coming back to finish this year. Only time will tell about next year, but it's not looking great. You're dealing with concussions and you're in a violent sport. This is not wrestling or football, but let's face it. This is a sport where you're behind the wheel going sometimes close to 200 miles an hour where you can hit a wall. 
Yeah, and I don't know if anybody's ever really seen the cameras inside the car. When a driver crashes, it just shows you exactly how their bodies are. Even though that they're strapped in very good, still is just unbelievable how they. a lot of these drivers walk away from some of these wrecks. It's amazing. Dale was quoted as saying, I definitely don't belong in a race car today. He also said, I have the passion and the desire to drive. However, he also said he enjoyed it and that his heart was there to continue. And if his doctors say that he could physically continue, that it would make it an easier decision. Problem is, the doctors have not said that he can continue. So there is no decision to be made at this point. I wonder if, do you think like maybe a part of him maybe thinks about his father and how that whole thing happened? And then maybe he's just thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I should take the easy road here and possibly just hang it up. I don't know. Do you think he maybe he thinks about that at all? Well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I don't think so. And especially because this is two different things. Like his dad passed away during a time where NASCAR wasn't as safe as it is today. But now you're dealing with long lasting effects. I mean, if you notice when Dale gave the press conference at Darlington, he had on eyeglasses. Things have definitely changed. Me personally, I would go sit down. You have way more money than you could probably ever spend. <laughs> That's true. You know, That's true. I mean, he has a lot of money, even though Miss Teresa is still trying to get some of their money. He has uh, a lot of it. That woman needs to go away. Boy, let me tell you. Uh, speaking of what, let's talk about your boy Smoke. What is going on with Tony's temper here? Okay, Renee is talking about the accident. Yes. And you guys know what happened. Tony, well, I don't want to say he intentionally spun the guy out, but Tony intentionally spun the guy out. Yeah, and he wrecked Brian Scott. And uh, this is just one of those things where I think Tony's not going to get in front of a camera and a microphone and go, yeah, I meant to do that. But when you say it with a smile on your face, kind of like, it's almost like you wanted to go, what is what does that say where uh, I can either deny nor confirm that I spun it. That's what I was thinking he was going to say with that smirk on his face. And I was just like, dude, you totally wrecked this guy. Well, here's the thing. The number 44 admitted that he put his hand out the window and he pointed his finger to wave Tony to come around. And he also made a comment and said he didn't know if Tony thought maybe he gave him the finger. I think Tony thought he gave him the finger. And Tony was like, oh, yeah, you want to give me the finger? I'm going to show you. I could totally see that happening. I could honestly totally think that Tony thought Brian Scott was giving him the finger and was like, oh, yeah? Well, how about this? At this point, Tony's in the chase, so it's not going to affect him either way it went. Well, we posted a poll on our Twitter account, which read, we want to know, did Tony Stewart wreck the number 44 intentionally? Hashtag NASCAR, hashtag Bojangles SO500. And 81% of the voters says, yes, he did. 8% said no. And 11% said tough call. For those who said it was a tough call, ha ha. He yeah. wrecked the guy. Let's just keep it 100. <laughs> now, whether he did it on purpose or not, hmm, but he wrecked him. Yeah. So what's going on in NASCAR, Tam? What do you mean what's going on in NASCAR? There's always something going on in NASCAR. How about this truck series rumble that we had over the weekend? How about that? Did you see that? Well, we can't say the rumble in the jungle because it was the rumble in Canada. <laughs> but yeah, I caught it. <laughs> 
I mean, I couldn't stop watching that video over and over again. And if you don't know what we're talking about, and I'm sure you probably have already looked this up. If you if you haven't, you need to look this up. In the truck series over the weekend, John Hunter Nemechek, if I hope that I'm saying that right, won the World Truck Series race, but not after that wild finish where he literally, him and Cole Custer were, it seemed like they were trying to wreck each other getting to the finish line and how they both made it across the finish line, which was actually amazing because nobody knew who won. They were ramming each other. They both finished the finish line. It was so close that they had to, they had to go back and look at and see who won. Well, it didn't matter who won. It mattered what happened after the race. <laughs> I don't know if Cole Custer played football or what, but man, he tackled that guy really good. Yeah, I was still a little bit confused because I was like, why was the other guy running up towards him in the first place? I yeah. was a little bit confused on how that all unfolded. But with all that being said, the question came up, was he a dirty driver? I don't know. Do you? Here's the question. And this is just a typical NASCAR question. And maybe I have more of a old school mentality, but do you race and win and take the checker flag by any means necessary? Well, I think back in the day, uh, Dale Sr. and guys like that probably did. But, uh, you know, times are different a little bit today. I don't know. But sometimes I guess when you get into a, a mental state of mind when you're racing, it's almost like, you know, hey, man, all gloves are off. It's either you or the other guy is going to win. I can kind of understand that mentality. The way that whole race ended, both of those guys going at each other like that, I was like, wow, man. I just had a feeling something was going to go down. I go, this is not over. Something's going to happen. And sure enough, he tackled him. Okay, well, I guess it's almost time for predictions. But before we go into predictions, let's talk about our fan comment of the week. And our fan comment of the week is kind of highlighting what's going on in America at this point. It's all about politics and sports. Now, I'm not sure if you are aware, Renee, or our listeners, but Obama, our president, he actually came out and added his two cents on the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. And he simply said that it's Colin's constitutional right to sit or stand during the national anthem. Now, he did add that it was a tricky situation, but he he pretty much said that it was Colin's right to sit or stand. Now, why this fan comment is important and kind of plays on what's going on in the world today is because it comes back to should sports and politics mix. So getting right into it, one fan on the NASCAR Reddit board wrote, politics and sports should not mix. I came here for the racing slash kick-ass throwback cars. Who wore that? Seriously, who? And he's asking the question, who wore that? Because one other fan wrote, somebody wore a Hillary for prison t-shirt at the race. And the question came up, why would you wear that to a NASCAR race? I'm personally going to say I don't think sports and politics uh, should mix, but I think it's just something that just happens. And And I think sometimes what's going on in America right now, this is basically what happens. The Colin Kaepernick thing, obviously that led to Brad Keselowski and Tony Stewart commenting about it. This is just one of those things where I think fans are going to, they're going to wear what they're going to wear and they're going to say what they're going to say. But when it comes to sports and politics, I don't particularly like it. But uh, I think even the head of NASCAR endorsed Trump. Uh, You know what? I just don't like the way that it mixes into sports at all. I don't like it at all. Well, many people thought that Brian France, as Renee said, he endorsed Trump, was wrong for that. Honestly, here's the thing. Colin Kaepernick's freedom to sit and stand is no different than people's 
freedom to talk about politics and sports or to wear a Hillary for prison t-shirt to a NASCAR race. However, I think the bigger issue here in America is, is that we don't respect each other. There was an old saying when I was growing up, do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. We don't live by that. My thing is, is that, you know what, you have the right to believe in what you believe in. You have the right to say and do, for the most part, what you want to say and what you want to do. However, we should always take in consideration what and how it makes other people feel. Yeah, and you know you know what's funny is I was at my nephew's graduation from boot camp, and I don't know if anybody's ever been to a graduation there for uh, military purposes, but it is an amazing event. I've been to three of them. I'm going to be honest with you, I, watching this whole thing unfold, the flag is there. They ask you to stand and rise for the national anthem. I realized this is a tough thing that Kaepernick has done. Now, why he chose to do it during the national anthem, I don't know. I don't know what his line of thinking was, but I respect it, and I respect respect the fact that a lot of these guys who are in the military, who have fought in wars, uh, all these veterans, they're the reason why we're able to protest in any manner that we choose. Now, I wish Kaepernick didn't choose that to uh, protest, but you know what? I respect it, and he has a purpose. So I get it, and you're right. We all have the right to do that. That's what makes this country great. Well, on that note, we will leave it there. And I will just add one thing before I leave it there. Remember, always treat people the way you hope to be treated. Maybe going through life with that will make this a better world. I don't know. Those are just my thoughts. Okay, so Renee, predictions, predictions, predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Who you got? Who you got, Renee? Yeah, buddy. Okay. I want to say, you already know what I want to say. I want to say Kevin Harvick's going to win this race because of what happened, but uh, that ain't going to happen. I'm going with Kyle Busch. I think Kyle Busch is going to come out of the woodwork and win this last race. I really honestly think he's going to win that race. My dark horse, Joey Logano. Joey Logano is going to be my dark horse to win that race if Kyle Busch doesn't get it. And I picked these two before. And they both let me down. <laughs> Where did Joey come from? I don't know. I've been watching Joey race these last handful of races. And it's like he's quietly there. Like they're at the top. And I don't know what it is. And I know that all of these drivers are in this mental state. Like, hey, look, this is the last race. And we all going to do what we can to get in. But uh, I don't know. I just I just think Joey, just, him always just hovering around there. It was just, It's possible he could win this race. But I'm going with Kyle Busch. Okay. History lesson. As always, each week, top five winners at Richmond. Richmond sees two races. We have a April race and a September race. So our past five or six winners from the April race were Kyle Busch, 2011, Kyle Busch, 2012, 2013, Kevin Harvick, 2014, Logano, 2015, Kyle Busch, and 2016, Edwards. So in our September race, our last five winners were 2011, Kevin Harvick, 2012, Clint Boyer, 2013, Edwards, 2014, Bad Brad, and 2015, Matt Kenseth. Wow. Our Xfinity race winners, believe it or not, Kevin is a six-time winner at this track. Wow. And that is Kevin Harvick. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, my predictions or drum roll, boom, boom, boom. Well, that was more like a, 
I don't know if that was a drum. I don't know what that was. But okay. So I am going to pick Kevin Harvick because I feel like Kevin Harvick is mad at the world. He may come out next week in Richmond and run the entire track over. So I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick because his main supporter, Renee, let him down and didn't pick him. So I'm going to pick him. <laughs> I watch him win this race. Uh, it'd, be ju- it'd be just like you, Kevin, to, to win this race because I didn't pick you. Okay. And my dark horse. This is interesting because I'm not quite sure what direction to go in, but I'm going to go with Ryan Newman because Ryan is on the bubble and Ryan is my guy. And I, I really like that guy. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and I'm going to go with Ryan. So you guys have it. My pick to win Richmond next week is Kevin Harvick and my dark horse is Ryan Newman. And there you go, folks. Listen, I want to thank everybody for tuning into our podcast. This is uh, All Turns No Break. It's a podcast for fans, by fans. We love the sport just as much as you do. And we always appreciate you guys tuning in to listen to us each and every week. You can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at It's Renee Garcia. That's at It's Renee Garcia. And you can find Tam. You can find me at I am Sincerely Tam on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on the Twitter. And next week, make sure you guys follow me too. Yes, next week I will be in Detroit visiting Ford. Yeah, Motor City. Yes, I will be in Motor City hanging out with Ford. I will make sure to post some cool photos from that if I have an opportunity. I know I will be on the track test driving some cars, so I will make sure to do some live posting on that. And I will actually do that from our Instagram account, which is at Turns No Breaks. Again, our Twitter account is at Turns No Breaks and our Instagram account is at Turns No Breaks as well. So make sure to follow us. Oh, yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you here next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 